overwhelmed by environmental news? Listen to the Green Diva's My Earth 360 report for the latest eco-news bits from around the globe, carefully curated and borne by our need to say WTF. But we also love to share encouraging stories and, of course, ways that you can make your voice count for the Earth. It's not just my Earth. It's our Earth. And together, we can make a difference. Well, we're back with Greg Layden, a resident climate scientist, climate communicator, science writer, guy who explains it all. Hi, Greg. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. And last time we spoke to you, and Lynn is with us, yay. Hi, Greg. <laughs> this is a special My Earth 360 segment. It is. Um, last time we talked to Greg, there were some in, you know, numbers that he felt weren't really conclusive because they were being thrown out in November right. uh, for the year of 2014. Can you follow us up on, on what, what the actual conclusions are? Yeah, actually, I was thinking until just a few minutes ago that I was going to have to make something up because... <laughs> The, even though it's the 14th, usually the big agencies by now have come out with most of their results, and NOAA and NASA have, I think, delayed. Uh, huh. they, they, uh, and I think the reason they, I, I, an educated guess is that they have delayed because they're working on getting their messages together. Uh. Because it's such an important thing. And, and in fact, they still haven't come out with anything yet. However, um, I just literally minutes ago got a... Uh, uh, email from a colleague of mine pointing out a brand new thing they put out, a climate nexus, which is a climate change-related website, which their um, backgrounder on 2014, which includes information that they extracted from NOAA and NASA people. In other words, this is what NOAA and NASA are going to say Friday. Okay. Okay, so it's not actually, they're coming out Friday with their big, you know, announcement. And it's been close because, you know, it, in any in any year, in order to be a warmest year, you have to work really hard as a year because we've had so many warm years, you know, and, and a given year isn't going to be that much warmer than the next warmest year of a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, the numbers are always obviously going to be very close, but it turns out that the NOAA and NASA, I should give a little background on this, there, there are thousands and thousands of thermometers and satellite data over the, the globe, mostly looking at sea surface temperature, and right. most of the different data sets out there use a good large portion of the same data, but the data have all kinds of problems. There's areas where there's more thermometers, fewer thermometers. There's places where they don't like the thermometers as much as other thermometers because they're not as good. So they have to do a lot of appropriate fixing and filling in gaps, and then they calculate it all, and they they do the best job they can to come up with a realistic, honest, straightforward, comparable number. And there's probably a half a dozen between agencies like NOAA, NASA, the British office, uh, the Japan Meteorological Agency, and, and a few other private you know, university kind of things, there's um, half a dozen or more different stabs at this. And the important thing is they all use different methods of okay. adjusting and fixing and analyzing, and they all come up with pretty much the same number. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So right. NASA and NOAA have a set of numbers that they came up with, and they're going to announce on a Friday that it was the warmest year, 2014. Hmm. Uh, and the number will be... 0.68 degrees Celsius above the baseline that they use, which is a 20th century average of 14.1 degrees Celsius. Wow. Uh, that's not, I, I, offhand, I'm not sure how much higher that is than the next highest, highest year. I just literally, as I was calling you, I was reading 
it, it's wow. going to be um, uh, a little bit higher. And and the important thing about this is, you know, we've had a kind of slowdown in warming over the last few years. It's still warming, but it's warming at a slower rate. Uh, recent research that has just come out over the last several weeks has suggested that some of that slowing down is because of additional activity of small volcanoes around the world, which are hard to count and measure. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we already know that most of that slowing down in the surface temperature increase is because the Pacific has been gulping up more heat than usual for the last decade. It's huh. taking in or more. It's been taking in more heat, uh, which it does. It, it, it does have a period of time that it puts out more heat compared to time. It's just a period of time when it's, been, when it's been absorbing more heat. And when we look at the ocean uh, area, that is actually absorbing. I mean, we, we're, we're seeing warming up in the ocean, the top 2,000 meters of the ocean. So when you add the ocean and the, and the air together, it's warming steadily. It's just when you only look at the air and the sea surface temperature, it's a bit of a slowdown. Mm. Accounted for mainly by the ocean. The sun's weaker now. It goes up and down in its strength, and it's a weaker. Right now, it's in this weaker cycle, and these volcanoes have made it all kind of flat, flattish, still going up, but flattish. And the fact that we have uh, achieved the warmest year in the instrumental record since the 19th century, in the year in which we have volcanoes cooling things down, the ocean right. cooling things down, and the sun cooling things down. In spite of all of that. Just, yeah, it isn't just the warmest year. It's a kind of a scary warmest year. Mm. Oh, okay. Another piece of news, this isn't actually news, but I just looked at the data, and it will be news, or people are starting to talk about it now, related to that, is we never had an El Nino this year. All and right. although there's been a lot of heat in the Pacific, there hasn't been El Nino conditions and it really looks like we might not have much of one next year. So this warmest huh. year has been achieved without an El Nino, and there's not a strong El Nino on the horizon. There might be a weak one. So, and that is, you know, that's kind of it's good news and bad news. It depends upon what your local conditions would be under El Nino. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's strange news because we're now entering, I think, now the second year beyond the previous period of time, longest period of time between strong El Ninos. So, so the cycle, about. the cycle is shifting. Something shifting or changing in the cycle, but no one's saying what. You know, like no one has any idea at this point. Um, another two two things came out again. Another one just literally minutes before you call a hmm. colleague of mine, Johnny Abraham. Yeah, uh, Johnny Abraham wrote a paper with a colleague that was just published this morning, and then something else came out literally minutes ago. Hmm. Which I can't re- really report because I've not really read it yet. But they have to do with Antarctic ice melting and glacial melting in general. Oh dear, and. Abraham's paper is interesting for two reasons. First, it does demonstrate that you know, glacial melting is going on. Both papers are saying faster than previous estimates. So, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. not, not good dramatically news. faster. So instead of 200 years to get several, so many meters of sea level rise, it's going to be, you know, less. Ooh. But um, the, the, the paper by Abraham had an interesting thing to it that I just think people think will find interesting. Um, you know... The amount of ice on the Antarctic uh, uh, continent is huge, and it's so much that it actually pulls the ocean towards it through gravitational forces. No really? Huh. And when that ice melts, that effect won't be there anymore, and oh. that will cause higher sea level rise in other regions. Wow. Because it won't, be, it won't have the same pull. It won't have the same pull. It won't be there. There's a mass won't be there. Anyway, there's, there's increasing um, amounts of uh, glacial melting... So we're going to see news stories about this over the next couple of days. And the same, partly the same team, overlapping team with Abraham, also has a paper coming out, which I don't, not, I'm not sure if I can talk about it yet, but I'll just say something about it. I don't think it's published yet. 
but it is in accord with other things we already knew, and that is that global warming, of course, changes. It isn't just making things warm, it also changes the weather. And, you know, you know that California has been having this drought. Yeah. And that is part of a larger pattern where the American Southwest has had about a 5% change in degrees of extreme precipitation, and that's been towards the negative. Oh, dear. That's a okay. large percentage the the, then, isn't it? Yeah. The rest of the country mostly has had, um, in fact, entirely, all the other regions of the U.S., except Hawaii, have had uh, in, uh, between 11% at Alaska, 12% northwest, 16% the middle of the country, 37% the upper Midwest, the middle meaning the plains and the Rockies, 37% in the Midwest, 27 oh. in the Southeast, and 71% in the Northeast. Oh, increases in extreme precipitation. Okay. Shoot. So that's a, those are big differences, and that's the kind of thing that we expect. Basically, the total amount of water that's falling on us from the sky is slightly increased from global warming over the last couple of decades, but it comes in much, much greater, with a great deal of variation, so you get these huge chunks of rain, and that means something like a month of rain, like we had in Minnesota in June, or right. it might mean major flooding kinds of drenching rains or storms like Hurricane Sandy. Right. Bigger clumps. So more extreme weather, yeah. More extreme weather and also harder to deal with when it comes to things like agriculture. Yeah, There's right. The same amount of water that, fall, that falls in a month falling in a few days causes major floods, but it also causes disruption in the you know agricultural cycle and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That's oh, a, that sounds a, a bit messy. Yeah, and it's what we've been seeing. So it's just really, this is really this is a paper that kind of summarizes and explains it a little bit better. The other thing that, that has happened in the last few days, I think it happened, well, the, on the 7th of January, I think, there's a, a private company called Global Weather Oscillations that predicts hurricane seasons. Uh-oh. And they came out with their, it's not that bad. They, they came out with their first, they, they came out with the first prediction for the next year. They're early. And they, they're very proud of themselves because the last six years they've been dead on with their predictions. And it's a little bit annoying because it's a private company, of course, they have to make some money. So they, 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 the most important part of the prediction, I think you have to pay to Right, you probably have to pay to get, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but right now they're basically saying that 2015 will be, quote, the most active and dangerous in three years, which is, doesn't mean much because the last three years have been really weak hurricane seasons in the Atlantic. Um, and... Uh, possibly the most dangerous in 10 years. And again, the last 10 years, have, you know, remember, I think 2005 was a really big one. Yeah. 2005 was the worst hurricane season we've ever seen, and this is after that, so not as bad as that. Yeah, right. But basically, we're going we're gonna to have a more or less average hurricane season in the Atlantic, they're saying, which is bad news because we've been getting off easy for the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, since they've Sandy. They've identified yeah. three hot spots where it would be more likely to be landfalls, but I, I don't think they're... I couldn't find anywhere with the Italians where they are. <laughs> no, you have to pay for that bit. Eventually, they will get out. Somebody, somebody will pay for it and sell everyone else, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So that, that's a, another sort of new new thing that's happened. So a lot's happened since we last talked. Wow. I guess so. Well, we have to make a point of talking to you as often as possible, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, some weeks, some some periods of a few weeks are, are, are have more and some have less. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate this, and I know that you usually have information that we can draw on on your blog. You yes, there's writing. actually a post that uh, okay, I'm good. working on getting up for Greg. Yay! So we can throw this in there, too. Yeah. Along with the last 
Well, I think this, this we have to post this week, Yes, right? definitely. Well, Greg. Yeah, I can put up a post with links to all those sources I just used. Oh, awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Greg, for taking the time. Obviously, you're busy trying to wade <laughs> through all, up this with all this stuff. research and information. And thank God you do what you do and help explain it to green divas like us. Yeah, my pleasure to do so. All right. Talk to you soon, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Okay, okay bye now. Get all the details from this Green Divas My Earth 360 report and lots more on thegreendivas.com. That's T H E greendivas.com and myearth360.com.